Welcome to Marketing Murder Mysteries. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Joining me as usual is the team from the Millennium Agency, Linda Fenera, CEO and Chief Strategist. Hello, Michael. And the lovely and talented Rob Atkinson, Managing Director. Rob. Hello, Michael. So uh, everyone's laughing when I call him lovely and talented. I don't understand what that's about, but we'll let that go. So... Advertising and marketing proceed all the time. Brands that get killed in the marketplace. That's why this is the marketing murder mystery. Sometimes the brands die due to unfortunate accidents, unforeseen circumstances. But then we just recently saw a situation where a brand killed itself on purpose. Case in point, Kraft Heinz brand planters killing off their 104-year-old mascot, Mr. Peanut. Was the murder justified? You're going to hear the case from our marketing detectives and then you can hand down your own verdict. We ask, did the death of Mr. Peanut kill the planter's brand? That's right, Mr. Peanut is dead. He died sacrificing himself for his friends and movie stars after a terrible car wreck. If you don't know the ad, take a listen. I just died in your arms tonight. Oh, look out! Oh. Abandoned night! Oh. Oh. oh, we're too heavy. Oh. Matt, let go. No, you let go. <sighs> hey, Mr. Peanut, no, you don't. Don't do it, Mr. Peanut. No! no. <gasps> Maybe he'll be all right. Maybe not. The ad was first shown on Twitter in an effort to um, scare up, I love that, excitement for the Super Bowl. But did it work? Vayner Media is the agency responsible for this concept. They got the idea to kill off the leggy legume after seeing how fans reacted to the death of Iron Man in the last Marvel's Avengers movie, which I just realized, spoiler alert, I should have said, but hey, if you haven't seen Endgame by now, forget you, we don't care anymore. Planners announced it was pausing paid advertising behind the campaign after uh, the death of NBA superstar Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter Gianna in a helicopter accident, so they suspended their advertising, but they stuck with it moving forward. Who knows what the next turn in the tale will be? Meanwhile, we asked the question, did planners kill the brand? Rob? You know, it's I, it's yet to be seen, but I think they had a big problem. I mean, the timing with the Kobe Bryant accident, especially because the helicopter accident scene was so uh, on parallel to what happened to poor Mr. Peanut. I mean, it, it, you, you couldn't have foreseen that. But I don't think it's going to kill the brand, but uh, it, I definitely think it's going to create um, an opportunity for other brands to step up and try to put themselves in a place that, uh, the Planters brand was. Let me rephrase a question for you, Linda. Was it smart or dumb for the company to shove Mr. Plant Peanut off the cliff, literally? Was it the right thing to do from a, purely from a marketing and brand standpoint? That's a great question. And frankly, I am actually devastated about Mr. Peanut. Very upset about the fact that he's disappeared. He reminds me of the Energizer Bunny and some of the other you know, icons that I actually grew up with, although I'm uh, dating myself. What, you grew up 104 years ago? I I, I think everybody pretty much grew up with him, Linda. I don't Uh think it's a problem. (laughs) 
I, uh, to be honest with you, uh, from a marketing perspective, I think they should have kept Mr. Peanut. I mean, I think he still has some legs, and 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 possibly I I know that he had a tragic accident. But the big question is, is could he possibly come back to life? Could there be more to Mr. Peanut after this? Well, before we get to the speculation about what the future is, the decision of a prominent, well-known brand to take an incredibly well-known icon and either end him or pretend to end him, whatever, but that concept of dealing with that icon, uh, what does that do to the consumer? Is it a smart way to build your relationship with the consumer to basically kind of play with their feelings almost in a way? Or is it like, no, I mean, you don't, you just don't do that. You don't have the Trix bunny, Twix are for kids, suddenly being chased by Elmer Fudd. And then there's the scene where you know, the, the shotgun rings out and the, the bunny grabs his chest and falls to the ground. I mean, come on. It's, you can't do that to the Twix bunny, right? You can't do that to the Mr. Peanut. It's Mr. Peanut. It's Mr. Peanut. You can't kill Mr. Peanut. But they did. I know. So you that's know. what I'm asking you from a marketing standpoint. So what, what are the, what are the upsides? Let's do the upsides and downsides. Downside. No, no, upside's first. What is the first? <laughs> what's the first obvious upside? Upside, everybody's talking about Mr. Peanut. At, when was the last time, Linda Fineris, you had a conversation I, about Mr. Peanut? I cannot recall the last time. My <laughs> wife learned something about me from this. When I was a little kid, my parents were divorced and they married each other again three years later, which is kind of an interesting story. And during the interregnum, I got these amazing Christmases because everyone was so racked with guilt. So I'm like five. I'm like, this divorcing is great. And one of the gifts, is, it is one of my five favorite Christmas gifts of all time. I got a Mr. Peanut peanut butter maker. It was the biggest scam in the world because all you did is you bought Planters peanuts, put them in the hat, crank the cane or whatever. And then all that came out was just the paste of them. Like it was, you couldn't even eat it. It was just, it was like if you took peanuts and beat them with a hammer, you know, but I just love it. It's like, Oh my God, my Mr. Peanut. I just sat there cranking away, making this inedible paste. That's how long Mr. Peanut's been in my life. But I never talk about Mr. Peanut. And right. he, for, for weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, the he was the conversation. Yeah, look at the brand affinity you have for it. You know, you had a toy that you actually have a fond memory right. of. It was a special Christmas moment. You had a relationship with Mr. Peanut, and then they killed him. Right. You know, so right. you know that loss is one of the downsides okay. because I mean, think about it, right? You just lost something, right? So that's a takeaway from the consumer. So now I'm thinking to myself, does Mr. Peanut's brand exist? You know, does the Planters brand exist in that way? And so. Now when I go to the store, if I don't see it, I'll think it's a loss and it's an opportunity for another brand like Blue Diamond to come in right. and start emphasizing their health benefits right. over the iconic mascot mm -hmm. of Mr. Peanut, mm -hmm. you know, which I had hand loyalty to and I would grab and put it in my cart because I knew the taste, I knew the price point, and it worked for me. Right. I mean, I honestly don't see the upside of actually retiring Mr. Peanut. Yeah, <laughs> oh come on! This was—he wasn't whacked. This wasn't a mob hit. Okay, now 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 you've gone way too far. That's exactly what happened. I mean, it's terrible. I do not see any value of actually, and I am going to use the word retire. I'm sorry, but um, a lot of people have a lot of brand affinity for Mr. Peanut, and. Unless they plan to come up with something new or modernized, and I'm sure there's a there's another strategy behind this, but they have a great brand name and they're easily recognizable, and you do have an emotional connection with Mr. Peanut. So what what exactly is the point? After all of these years, you've taken 
years and years to build the brand. You've taken years and years to push Mr. Peanut out there. All of a sudden, he's, you know, he's died off. Then what? Once all this buzz disappears, then what? Yeah. So I want to interject something. The idea that Mr. Peanut is uh, not a the brand, he's more like the logo for the brand. In other words, nobody says, I'm going to eat you know, planters peanuts because the same way that Emeril, like Emeril's, you see Emeril and you see his stuff. Well, Emeril makes it, or you know, he obviously doesn't make it. In fact, you know, it's his stuff, you know, Emeril adds value. So that that's the thing. Wendy, uh, Bill, uh, uh, what's his name from Wendy's, the restaurant owner, uh, uh, who passed away, you know, but he, you added value because it was him. He's really just a traveling logo. So they took the logo and they put him in different situations. They gave him a nut mobile. They had him rescue, uh, the baseball player, Alex, uh, uh, from the Yankees, from a bad snack. Yeah, Alex Rodriguez should have rescued him from Madonna, but that's a separate issue. Um, you know, that's and so all they're doing is manipulating the logo. They're not nothing is being said about the the product, the product's price, the product's makeup. They're not saying we're going green or we're going whatever. You know, GMO free. They're just it's like KFC. They took Colonel Sanders, a real guy, who then's face God was on a bucket, and then all of a sudden you can't have this old white Southern guy in the woke era. So they turn him into a cartoon character, basically. They have all these different comedians playing him, and that's all they've done. Yeah, but the Colonel's not taking a bullet for Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> I mean, he's not jumping in front of a gun to save, to save Mrs. Butterworth in that ad. I mean, you know. <laughs> Mr. Peanut was not whacked, okay? <laughs> Captain Crunch did not collude with the Lucky Charm Leprechaun to bump him over the cliff, you know? I don't know. You know? I don't know. It was fairly suspicious. Dude. I mean, the Nutmobile. I, I don't even know if the Nutmobile. I mean, and by the way, the Nutmobile's lost too. That was in an accident. So, I mean, they've totally killed <laughs> well, every identity associated right. with the brand. Interestingly, interestingly the, the folks over at Oscar Mayer have offered to loan the Wienermobile <laughs> to the folks for this funeral procession. So, you got that. So David Vinjamuri writes at Forbes, killing Mr. Peanut was never a good idea. And what was his take, Rob? Yeah, so he said the problem was you didn't build the real... Like when Iron Man died in the mm -hmm. Avengers movie, you had seen his story arc, mm -hmm. you had identified him, kids dressed up as Halloween like him, right? And so when he died, it was an emotional moment because he died sacrificing himself for his friends, the world, and you as the audience member kind of connected with that. When Mr. Peanut dies driving the mm -hmm. Peanut Mobile, listening to I died in your arms tonight and swerves an to miss an animal and gets ejected, I don't feel like that was an emotional enough connection for me to feel the loss and therefore it felt stunty. And that's what I think the Forbes article hit. Yeah, that's what uh, David Vinjamiri said is that it was too much of a stunt as opposed to a step forward in a storyline that you were already engaged in. Right. So a step forward in a storyline might have been if Mr. Peanut, maybe he passed away but his daughter took over. Right, and she's young and healthy, and she can complete compete with the blue diamonds of the world, who are offering you know smart eating solutions, low net carbs, you know, right. all of those you know buzz trend words right now. Right, which Mr. Peanut doesn't really do with True. his monocle True. and his, you know, he's. But I, I do agree with you. You know, I do think that that sort of quick death out of nowhere will not bring any additional value to the brand, frankly. Because 
to, to my point earlier, once this is all said and done, we're done. And I guess the other question is, is why, why wait to actually show this? Like it got basically pre-released. Mm -hmm. So what is the point of that? So you're pre-releasing this, you know, commercial. And so everybody's talking about it now. They'll probably continue to talk about it for a little bit longer. And if nothing happens after this sort of episode of death, it's over. That's a great point. But I also think there's a lesson here for people who are doing their own marketing about the value of the tease. Because the ad was released in advance of the Super Bowl. And you could argue, well, gosh, why did you do this now? You know, the Super Bowl hasn't happened yet. And you've already told us. That. No, 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 no. People are going to be waiting. Has the planners, has, has Mr. Peanut ad run yet? Has it run yet? It, it is, generally speaking, I find that clients tend to be too worried about releasing too much. They're afraid that if you do a release, you're going to take away the buzz. We wanted to burn it all. But in generally speaking, and particularly in the fragmented media consumption climate we're in, where it's so hard to get people's attention, the little pieces here, there, you can give them a lot and they will, what you, want, what you need is to tease to hook. If it doesn't hook, it's too small. If you have to tease by giving away 99%, if that's what it takes, the tease has to set the hook. If it doesn't set the hook, it's a waste of time. I don't think, I, I'm sure when the numbers are all worked out, it did not cost them any viewership at the Super Bowl for doing this tease. Well, I think the I think the reason why you have to release it early now is because of the cost of an ad is six million dollars, right? <laughs> so it's six million dollars for the Super Bowl ad. The production value on that ad yeah. had to be at least a couple of million. So you're eight million dollars in the hole now, mm -hmm. and you gotta get a return on investment on that ad. So you started a week early, you build up the excitement, you build up the buzz, and then hopefully you have a hashtag kind of movement afterwards where it's rest in peace, Mister Mister Planet, uh, Mister Peanut, but. You know, the Kobe thing, though, was it, the problem with it was when they released it early and the Kobe right. uh, Bryant accident right. tragically happened, it really put it, it really put the whole See, campaign yeah. in a, in a I downward. Disagree. I disagree. I disagree completely. I mean, you know, maybe I'm too much of the no, there's no such thing as bad publicity. But the tragedy, you know, obviously the tragedy of Kobe, what happened to the people on helicopters, horrific. So that's, you know, as a human element, that's the horrors beyond there. No one wants that to happen, whatever. But the unintended net impact is that it increased attention on the planners at even more, made it more part of the conversation. When they did the smart thing and said, we're going to pull down, all that does is heighten the attention, mm -hmm. for, you know, for the, for the Super Bowl that was soon thereafter. And I, I just think that that's, when, in... I just can't express the, given that the average person is seeing more than, what's the last number? So something like 300 and something impressions a day mm -hmm. to have an impression stick out is just so valuable. But I want to go back, Linda, what about this idea of using the tease and anticipation, not just of your product, but even of the marketing of your product? Do you agree with me that most people don't take advantage of the opportunities they have that they kind of say, well, the ad's going to hit and then the ad's going to do what it's going to do. And well, actually, there's a marketing opportunity sometimes in the ad itself. There is a huge opportunity there. In fact, I mean, if if I was in Mr. Planet's marketing department or I was their agency, after everything that they've put up with and they've gotten some backlash about this because of the Kobe Bryant situation is, and I know it, I'm sure it cost them a couple million dollars, but to do sort of a, another series with this sort of concept, whatever happens to Mr. Peanut, this is their opportunity to really leverage that situation with what just happened, with what could happen next. And that could happen next could be huge. It could just keep the conversation going for another, who knows what, another week or two. Hey, did you see the Mr. Peanut, you know, commercial? They changed it and they, you know, X, Y, Z happened. And 
you know, he's whatever, comes back as a ghost. I mean, we don't know. Whatever the answer is, we don't know. But there is an opportunity to leverage what just happened with the backlash that they had to deal with and maybe come up with a sequence to that. Okay, I want to wrap this up with a broad marketing conversation about mascots. Mr. Peanut violates one of my personal tenets of marketing. I hate logos, mascots, whatever, who eat themselves. The M&M peanut guys, I don't understand. Why are you trying to get me to eat M&M peanuts? You should be running, you should be, I, 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 you know who has, who's perfect on this is Chick-fil-A. The cows come down and sell yeah, the chicken. Right, they don't right, send the right, chicken right, out to right, sell the right, chicken. Right. It's like, if you've ever been down south, I grew up in South Carolina, the home of the world's best barbecue, mustard-based barbecue is the best barbecue. But all over, you will see signs that say, barbecue, and then there's a pig at the grill with a rack of ribs. And I'm going, okay, either that pig killed somebody and he's eating humans, in which case I'm a little turned off, or he's eating his cousin. But you can't have the pig cooking the pig. I, don't, I hate that. Mr. Peanut, in fact, one of the reasons why some people thought uh, Mr. Peanut was the perfect uh, symbol for capitalism is it's, he's clearly a wealthy guy, drives a nice car, has a top hat and a monocle, and he eats his own because he's <laughs> eating other peanuts. You don't do that. So that's my, that's just a, a personal problem. So I'm going to run some mascots in, by you guys, and you tell me good, bad, up, down, what do you think? Let's start with Chester Cheetah, who tries to make it cool to eat Cheetos. Good or bad? Uh, bad. Why? Uh, because it, it doesn't. It, it's cartoony. It doesn't appeal to me as a consumer who is more health conscious. Maybe it would appeal to the kids who are doing it, but you know, and you're hoping that the kids are going to grab the bag, throw it in the cart, and be on your way. But most of the time, the parents are going to be blocking it, and saying, "Oh, don't bring that into the house. Right. It's it's not right. healthy." I have to agree with you. How about the Burger King, who has gone through several iterations from silly cartoon to really creepy guy, whatever. What, what do you think of the, of the Burger King? No, 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 Linda, Linda. What do I think of the Burger King? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I've been watching Burger King for so long and they're always in competition with McDonald's, so mm. I kind of keep a close eye with them. I'll give you a, t uh, here's, here's why McDon Ronald McDonald's better than the Burger King. Yeah. You could kill the Burger King. You could have a whole storyline where the Burger right. King sacrifices himself for the impossible burger recipe right. or whatever. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Right. You cannot kill Ronald McDonald. Period. That's true. You, okay. There is no story arc, no storyline, no marketing moment where you can kill Ronald McDonald. Well, because his brand, like the Ronald McDonald houses are, are exactly. home for, for <laughs> children and children. Yeah. But the people of America would not let you exactly. kill Ronald McDonald. There's no storyline with that. You, couldn't, you can't even rough him up. Like you can't yeah. even get, no, no, nothing, nothing. Burger King, you can have an ad where some ruffians are kind of, yeah. people be cool fact, with that. I've okay. done news stories where when it's vandalized, when they get vandalized, mm -hmm. like the Ronald McDonald, yeah. yes. it's like in the newscast that somebody oh, yes. vandalized Ronald, Ronald McDonald. McDonald. That's the kind of logo that you can't sure. mess with, but also that you can't replace. I mean, he's, the marketing power of Ronald McDonald is. Well, that was the brilliance of Ray Kroc in, in McDonald's is that he used the themes of churches and local town squares yeah. and the arches were a symbol of that new type of environment. So interesting. The main person of that church, of course, is Ronald McDonald in that case. So sacrificing him is, you're right, is, I, is I know, it, it is interesting, though, because when you say, 
you know, when you think about those two brands, they, they are similar, although they definitely have a different emotional connect. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think, I think Ronald McDonald, hands down, they, I think they've done an incredible job with their marketing. They've been very consistent and they have that iconic feel to them. So you know exactly what, you know, what they represent. Burger King, on the other hand, I mean, I think their overall strategy was like, hey, we have 100% beef patties. You know, that was... Yeah, but they didn't have a problem whacking uh, the Hamburglar. And of course, the theory now is that the Hamburglar actually faked his own death and is actually working as a hitman underground. Ah. Who's responsible for the unfortunate incident with the peanut mobile? I don't want to name any names, but fingers are pointing to the Hamburglar. The, the, The hands on the clock are pointing to time for us to wrap up this podcast You've been listening to the Marketing Murder Mystery Podcast brought to you by Millennium Agency. Find them on the web at mill.agency. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Stay tuned. Our Marketing 101 tip coming up. Now it's time for our Marketing 101 segment. Joining us from the Millennium Agency is Sean Morseberry. You handle the video stuff around here, yes? That is correct. I do all the video stuff for our different clients, for their websites, and for TV broadcasts, all sorts of video. How about social media? We do a lot of social media video. Uh, And now I'm noticing more and more in my Facebook, Twitter world, which is as far as I go because I'm old. I've not, Instagram, I don't get the point, and TikTok, I still don't, I don't even know how it works. But, there are a lot more people who are trying to use video. They're sending me a lot more videos, Sean, but I find myself watching them less and less. What are the smart ways to use video on social media and what are the off-putting or dare I say even dumb ways of using video? Uh, well, first thing is consider the video that's relevant to your clients and where it will make sense for them. If you are a large technology manufacturer of widgets, uh, your clients probably aren't all that much on Instagram or Pinterest uh, <laughs> or TikTok for that matter. Um, so considering you know what's relevant uh, and where your customers are gonna be is huge. And then once you know which platforms these videos are gonna make sense on, considering the specifics of those platforms. So whenever we make videos for uh, you know, Facebook, there, there's statistics that show 80% of videos on Facebook are watched with the sound off. And because people are just scrolling and the sure. sound's automatically muted, so we will just burn captions into any video that's meant to be promoted on Facebook. That way, you're, you automatically have text on the bottom of it that you can read. Let me stop you right there. If you're going to do video with text, don't you need to keep that in mind as you're making the video? Because sometimes you see a video and you can't read the text because the backdrop is the wrong color, so then you have to put the text in a box and then it covers up part of the image or whatever. Or, the person saying so many words that you're like, <laughs> the scroll, you know, you, by the time you read it, you can't keep up. So shouldn't you write and produce your videos for Facebook with that idea in mind that what really matters is going to be the text at the bottom? That's absolutely the case. Yeah. If you are producing a video and you have someone talking and you haven't framed the shot to leave room for text, then you're going to be covering, <laughs> you might be covering part of someone's neck with right. text. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be jarring and off-putting. So leaving space when you're framing the shots and this, honestly, in this day and age with the resolution of cameras just always frame a bit wider um, to give yourself more space. Uh, is an easy tip. Also, this is just a personal pet peeve. If you are filming something on your cell phone, turn it horizontally. Uh, that's, by the way, for those who don't know, that's sideways, yeah. not upways, yeah. as my dad would say. Yes, yeah, sideways, not upways. Uh, it, it, you're then using more of the uh, sensor of your camera. You're not showing, you don't mm-hmm. have the black bars in the side of your video. It's just visually appearing. 
uh, appealing. Um, but the, what about Twitter? Do you use video on Twitter, and how's that? Uh, yeah, you, we use video on Twitter. We use video on Facebook, video on LinkedIn. All you know, all these platforms have uh, video capability, and, and video can certainly make sense. But the the big thing is just knowing whether or not your audience is there. Is it a waste of time to post it on Twitter? Is it a, is there going to be any value in that? Um, I know. You know, everyone says there's value in social media, and there absolutely is the case, but it's not the same value for every single customer. And just because you showed up with a video doesn't mean you did yourself any good. You need yeah. a video that's actually worth watching, has content, etc. Yeah, video tends to be more time-consuming than uh, a lot of other different content creation options. And so if you're going to put in the effort to create the video, make sure you've thought through who it's for and what good it's doing. Sean Morse-Berry with Millennium Agency. Thanks for our Marketing 101 tip.